The Tablet Show, episode 45, recorded live Saturday, August 11th, 2012. From thetabletshow.com, it's The Tablet Show. Conversations about developing software for tablets and other mobile devices with your hosts, Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. In this episode, Carl and Richard talk about the Windows Phone 8 SDK. This episode of The Tablet Show is sponsored by Telerik, offering the best in developer tools and support. Online at telerik.com. And now, here are Carl and Richard. Thank you very much, and welcome back to The Tablet Show. It's Carl and Richard, and uh, we are our own guests today. Well, and we're all we're together too because we're here at Pwop Studios, and it's your birthday. Happy birthday, my! It friend. is my birthday. Thank you very much. But beyond that, mm-hmm. we decided to do a show on the recently leaked Windows SDK for Windows Phone Eight, mm-hmm. uh, because there's a lot to talk about here and a lot of implications for the future of WinRT. But before we get into that, Richard, it's better no framework. Awesome. <laughs> All right, my friend, what do you got? Well, I was I was torn between something in the library and actually a CodePlex library that looks really interesting to me. So I'm going with the WinRT XAML Toolkit on CodePlex, which is winrtxamltoolkit.codeplex.com. It's a set of controls, extensions, and helper classes for Windows runtime XAML applications. The disclaimer says it's not the project is not managed by Microsoft. Its coordinator is not currently employed or sponsored by Microsoft, not part of the Silverlight Toolkit. Uh, So there you go. Um, But here's what it does. So it has integrated extensions from the Async UI library, a set of extension methods for UI classes that add support for Async and Await to wait for events such as waiting for a bitmap image to load, waiting for a button or or one of a list of buttons to be clicked. Waiting for a framework element to load, unload, or become non-zero sized. Waiting for a media element to change state. Waiting for a selector, like a list box, to change the selected item. Waiting for a storyboard to complete. A visual state transition to complete. A web view to complete navigation. Uh, and writable, uh, waiting for a writable bitmap to load. So there's a bunch of controls here. Lots of them. Too many to list. But there are some very interesting things here that I noticed, such as um, net.webfile.saveasync, which downloads a file from a given URL, automatically configuring out the recommended file name and saving it to a given or default folder. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, then I love that everything here is all focused on async, right? That, that yeah. It's just about making you doing everything in async all the time effortless. Right. Also, they did mention a couple of other libraries that are, uh, well, an, another library that's a similar project, which is Tim Heuer and Morton Nielsen's Callisto, which uh, contains a host of controls like a date time picker, flyout, live tile, menu, settings flyout, a tilt effect, an OAuth helper, and we'll just add a link to Callisto on that, but that looks very cool too. Mm-hmm. Bottom line is there's a lot of toolkits for WinRT development out there and uh, in progress. So uh, it makes sense to go take a look at them if you're doing any WinRT development. It makes me wonder if it's almost going to be anticlimactic when we when we actually ship Win8, when it's all done and we've got it, because there's so much <laughs> stuff already in place. Yeah, there is. It's it's a lot. And I'm, I'm there are days where I'm feeling very overwhelmed. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Um, we, we'll see what happens. I think 
what we're going to talk about today, um, you know, and we are a little bit overwhelmed today. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But first, uh, who's talking to us? Well, guess what? What? My friend Carl Franklin fixed the comment engine on the tablet show. Yes, site. I did. And right away, comments came flying in. Unfortunately, the, the comments that came in before the repairs are effectively lost. We're able to see them in the administrative client, but we can't associate them with shows properly because that's the thing that wasn't working right. But it's all untangled now. And if you go to thetabletshow.com, you can comment on the shows you want to comment on. And I grabbed a comment off of show 43. And that's the one we did with Jason Follis about geospatial apps. Awesome. In Windows 8. Great show. Really enjoyed it. And Johnny Gold said, uh, Hi, Carl and Richard. I just has heard this show. And until now, I thought the only good thing to come out of Ohio was my wife. Oh. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a longtime listener to .NET Rocks and the Tablet Show. And both shows have helped me progress from being a technical writer to a developer. Due to your shows, I recently took an interest in PhoneGap and started creating some of my proof-of-concept mobile enterprise apps. While working on an animation project, I started working with Connect.js and wanted to confirm that it is totally awesome Yeah, and really simplifies working with the canvas. It was fantastic to hear that someone else shared my enthusiasm with a library discovered almost at random. Keep up the good work, and here are some ideas for future shows, including a show about Twitter bootstrap UI library. Mix and match coding with the JavaScript libraries, as well as interviews with Two Lives Left, which is uh, the Codia for iPad project, and Marco Arment, who did Instapaper. And those are both people on my radar, Yeah, Johnny. I'm trying to, you know, it's hard. I can't get everybody all the time, but I am trying to get more folks in because it feels to me, by your points here, that you are looking for more case studies. And right. that's certainly uh, something I'm looking for. Me too. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's always been sort of the cornerstone of the .NET Rock series is talking to people who are actually doing it. Yeah. And, uh, and the, of course, these are early days. That's where we got uh, um, Jason from is he's got these early projects he's already doing in Win8, even without the current, you know, with the 2010 tools rather than the 2012 tools. He's doing a lot of things the hard way. Mm. But just to be out there early and to give us a picture of what it's going to look like. Yeah. So thanks very much for your comment. A coveted tablet show mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a tablet show mug, just write a comment on the website at thetabletshow.com. So we're talking uh, today about the Windows Phone 8 application platform. And the only reason we know anything is because the developer preview SDK was leaked a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there's numerous articles detailing what's in it, but we landed on one from mobiletechworld.com which we'll uh, add a link to on the show page at thetabletshow.com. Uh, and basically the guy says, I'm just going to read the first paragraph here because it, it sort of sets up what we're going to talk about. He says, the relatively big news today is the sudden appearance of the soon-to-be-released Windows Phone 8 Developer Preview SDK, which is leaked a few hours ago via Microsoft's own password-protected servers. Instead of making tons of posts detailing every single feature of the OS simply to generate hits... I'm going to provide you with a detailed overview of the Windows Phone 8 application platform, which I'm going to copy and paste from the SDK below after the break for those of you who aren't able to get their hands on the docs or the full SDK package. I'm also currently installing the full 1.3 gig binaries on Windows 8 desktop. Important note, the WP8 preview SDK is only compatible with the Windows 8 X64 release preview, and we'll make another post later detailing on the emulator update my WP emulator overview is here. So he does have that. So the the document goes into details comparing Windows Phone 8 and Windows RT. There are some important differences. The direct 3D feature set supported by the OS, the built-in native Nokia Maps implementation, camera features, 
near-field communication features, native code, and XAML support. So, um, there, Richard, there were people speculating that there was going to be limited support in Windows Phone 8 SDK, you know, for C Sharp and VBNet and this, the standard kind of apps that we want to write. Turns out, no, um, there's, there's a lot more than we thought. But it is different. I mean, the big thing here is this, this, uh, with the WinPhone 8 development model is substantially different from WinPhone 7. Yes. They're, they clearly Microsoft's built a migration path, although there's an interesting story here about what that migration path looks like. Well, yeah. In fact, I heard, uh, I read somewhere on the internet, maybe we can add a link to it, that um, Microsoft is going to compile Windows Phone 7 apps that are already in the store and make them turn them into Windows Phone 8 apps. And and then what strikes me about doing that, I mean, A, what a crazy project. Take 100,000 apps that right. are currently, you know, Silverlight or XNA or whatever form they're particularly in, compile them down to machine code for ARM to run them on Phone 8. Yeah. But the only reason I can imagine that you're doing that is that Silverlight and, and XNA don't exist in Phone 8. Right. I mean, that, that to me is the law. They haven't said that outright. But that seems to be the logical thing for them to do. It's it is kind of strange, but you know, it, I think they just want apps. You know, they yep. want they want apps, and the old apps will run. So they, and they have they have to. You do not abandon a hundred thousand apps that you just got built. No, no, no. That, that's yeah. that would be devastating. But at the same time, it, it sort of speaks to what is it going to take for you to actually you know what happens next? Are you going to keep building apps for Phone Seven, and then they get recompiled into Phone Eight? I mean, I, that's a workable model at least for a while. Well, in this article that we're reading here, uh, there's a great chart that if you expand it, it's it's a little green graphic down, I don't know, a quarter of the way down the page. And you click on it and expand it. Uh, it shows the Windows Phone and Windows 8 native API differences. And what's in green is what's identical or a subset, and what's in white is a new Windows Phone edition. So I want to start talking about the additions. Um, and, and it's interesting that there's some stuff in here that, you would think would be in the desktop version of Windows 8. My friend Richard pointed out before we started the show that, well, it's because the feature set for Windows 8 is fixed. It's, it's done. Frozen, it's yeah. frozen. This represents, you know, almost you could think about it as the next version of Windows RT. Yeah. I, I think, you know, the features you're seeing in the Phone 8 stack here are what's going to be in Windows 8 SP1, perhaps? Perhaps. I mean, we don't build. know this, but yeah. this is, one could guess. I like Tim Huckabee's. One could surmise. Yeah. Or yeah. one could speculate. One could speculate. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, speech in WinRT. Of course, it's not in Windows RT. There's no speech recognition or emulation. But now there's new APIs in Win uh, in WinPhone 8 to enable deep linking into apps via global speech commands. Deep linking is another great thing, but um, uh, and also to output synthesized speech via APIs, recognize user speech programmatically. So basically, the speech recognition stuff we know and love is going in WinRT. I just wonder if the, the deep, first. if that deep linking literally means that I can hit the button for the speech to turn on on the phone, say something that actually tells it start this app and yes. go to this position in the app. That's what it is. The deep linking API is essentially a URI-based thing where you can say, uh, you know, start Skype and pass it a phone number mm -hmm. and then a question mark and call, you know, so it would use Skype to make its application programmability, basically right. via URL, which is really nice. And, and, of course, it sounds like they have the speech stuff mapped into that 
automatically. You get that out of the box. I, I just think that they need to compete with Sari because that's pretty pretty nice. Right. But, you know, the big thing here is don't make me say the name of the app you should talk to. No, no, yeah. Right. But, you know, if you need to call somebody, there are multiple ways you can call. So I'd like to say call Richard on the phone or call Richard Mobile or call Richard Skype. Right. But I think that's pretty much a given. That's it. But yeah, the much more interesting one is the what's the weather in Boston? Oh yeah, and it's got to pick what weather app to call up, right? To, essentially, yeah. So that having that logic built in is is really cool. I hope they do that. Mm-hmm. We can if we can get that far. I mean, it's a big jump. Yeah. To it's one thing to just have basic speech recognition. It's another thing to really be able to map out these different apps and to to deal at that sophistication. Well, anyway, also there's a camera API. Uh, in WinRT for Windows Phone 8, live preview, photo storyboards, and video storyboards. As well, I think that the this document outlines some features for picking lenses, which is kind of cool. Lenses, in other words, ways to, you know, filters on mm-hmm. the, on the, uh, the camera that you can just add. Which is something we've seen in other phones, you know. Uh, uh, Android, our, yeah. Yeah, our friend Steve Forte, who loves his Android Nexus, is always quick to show me what, a funny filter feature on a, on a particular photo. Yeah. So it, I mean, it's nice to see that coming to Phone 8. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hesitate to say anything like Instagram, because I think the bigger thing with Instagram was really the social media part yeah. of the way Instagram worked. And that's a, uh, you know, we don't see any reference to that per se, is how do we actually create a great... Uh, social experience around our photographs. There's some new Bluetooth stuff. Uh, new APIs enable a native Bluetooth stack. The Windows Phone 8 developer preview version of the API adds the ability to communicate between the same app running on two phones and the ability for an app to communicate directly with a paired device, such as a heart rate monitor for a workout app. Hmm. That's cool because having done some or tried to do some Bluetooth programming in the past, yeah. it sucks. Why? What's wrong with it? Because I mean, Bluetooth sucks. <laughs> all the devices are different. Yeah. They hardly work at all if mm-hmm. they work. And, you know, having an API for Bluetooth is is laughable. So this is one of those non-standard standards. They made it so flexible that no two things are the same. Yeah, and just difficult to deal with. I mean, because there's no protocol. Right. There's a protocol for communicating, but there's no, comp- there's no, like, okay, so we have mouths and vocal cords, but we don't have a language. You know what I mean? That's what right. it's like. Yeah. Well, and I, I noticed that depending on my phone, you get different levels of sophistication with my car's Bluetooth capabilities, right? Yeah, right. That uh, I got a rental car right now because I'm here in your town mm-hmm. and I just took the time to pair my phone with the rental car mm. and now when you call me or text me, it interrupts the music on the car while I'm driving. Yep. And it'll read the text to me. Yep. And I can re- and I can speak back to it and it'll come back through. But a lot of that functionality is coming from the phone, not yeah, from the car. Yeah, it's from the phone. Yes. Um, an interesting note about bluetooth is i had an iphone 3g mm-hmm. and uh whenever i would make a call with it you know the I- the joke about the iphone is it's a great device but not a very good phone right well here's i think i mentioned this on a, another bitch session but if you uh make a call it doesn't the bluetooth doesn't pick up until about two seconds after the person picks up the phone oh the Bluetooth doesn't kick in. So you don't actually get to hear the dialing of the phone like you do on a speakerphone or whatever and hear them answer the phone. What you get is conversation is happening. Mid-stream. And they've already said hello and waited for a second. So uh, the, the joke is, you know, I call my mother and all I hear when it kicks in is her hanging up on me. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's already given up. Yeah. She's like, hello? Hello? Nothing. 
click. Yeah. Click. I'm like, hey, wait, wait, wait. wait oh, oh, I was just getting there. <laughs> Too funny. Yeah. So anyway, the but that had more to do with the iPhone than the Bluetooth because mm-hmm. with the Windows phone that I have, it picks up just fine. And I hear the end of them saying hello. Right. I don't get the, but I really wish I could hear the ringing. What, what, what's the big deal there? You know? Yeah. Just to get it to connect sooner. I'm wondering if, and this is another feature of uh, phone eight, if the near field stuff, the NFC stuff is going to, why wouldn't this replace Bluetooth in some respects? There's a lot of things that Bluetooth does that NFC can do as well. And yeah. NFC is not just about, uh, you know, contactless payment, being able to swipe your phone to, to buy something. It's, mm. there's a whole lot of other things going on there. Although yeah. it looks like the, the functionalities also uses Bluetooth as yeah. well as Wi-Fi and, and, and other connection strategies. All right, let's talk about multiple resolutions. There are different resolutions supported in Windows Phone 8 mm-hmm. in developer preview anyway. Uh, WVGA, which is 480 by 800 or a 15 to 9 aspect ratio, uh, that is essentially um, Windows Phone 7 equivalent, right? Yep. WXGA, which is 768 by 1280, also 15.9. At a 1.6 times scale. That's the delta from Windows Phone 7.1. And we have 720p. That's right. 720 by 1280 at a real 16.9 ratio. What I found interesting about that, those diagrams of the different resolutions is that, I mean, 768 by 1280, that's a higher resolution than 720 by oh, 1280. Yeah. But in the diagrams, they're actually showing the 720 screen being physically larger. It's because physically the larger. The proportions yeah. are different. Yeah. You know what that proportion reminds me of? All of the leaked images of the iPhone 5. Mm. Mm. That they, they're getting taller. They're a little more stretched right. out. So I think that this 720p format, which seems to be the hip size, is going to uh, be a physically larger phone. And again. if you think about it, that's video, right? Because the, the popular video resolution for high def is 1280 right. p, uh, uh, 720p. Yeah. 1280 by 720, and um, only because it's high def enough, and it's still uh, takes less takes less data to travel across the wire than a 1080p, right? You know, which is coming probably, but we'll see. Yeah, we, we, we're going to need the screen. We're going to need 1920 by 1080 on our uh, phone screens to make <laughs> that work. Now, here's the thing, Richard. You have a monitor that drives um, 720p or a television. Yep. They're actually cramming in all those pixels in that small device. Yeah. So the pixels in a 30-inch monitor are actually bigger yep. than the ones that are in this device. They're, they're cramming in these tiny little pixels. Well, this is where we get into this whole concept that resolution is not important. DPI, dots per DPI. inch is more important. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the retinal displays coming out of Apple are running in the 250 to 300 DPI range. That's Samsung's crazy. got a, a screen, a t- 1920 by uh, 1080 screen meant for tablets. It's 10 inches. Yeah. And I have that same screen in a 27-inch screen, right? Same resolution, 27-inch. Mm. This is this, that resolution at 10 inches. And that's 300 dots per inch. Mm. That's uh, right at the threshold where you can no longer distinguish the dots. And that's what they really mean right. by retinal display. Yeah. Well, you know, look at a 300 DPI print. Yeah. Print out. You can't see any. You can't pencils. see the dots. That's the point. Yeah. We now have displays the same resolution yeah. as what our printers were a few years ago. This portion of the tablet show is brought to you by our good friends at Telerik. Hey, can you ever have too many free tools to complement your development skills? 
I didn't think so. So our friends at Telerik are giving you now more than 30 free products for application development, automated testing, agile project management, and content management. And we're talking free-free. Not a trial, not a demo, but free, complete products supported by a community of over 440,000 developers at Telerik Forums. From free ASP.NET AJAX, ASP.NET MVC, and Silverlight controls, to the free ORM solution and automated testing framework, to free agile management tools and content management systems, all of these and more are available to you for immediate download at Telerik.com slash free stuff. Most of the free products can be used for commercial purposes and give you access to supplemental support resources such as documentation and forms. Go to Telerik.com slash free stuff now and take full advantage of the available free of charge products. And don't forget to thank them for supporting The Tablet Show. All right, let's talk about marketplace enhancements. Mm -hmm. A couple of new features for the marketplace that should significantly enhance app monetization uh, include in-app purchasing for conversion of a trial or light version of an app into the paid version, as well as consumables such as gold coins in a game and durables such as a new level in a in a game. Right. All without leaving the app. I mean, we sort of knew that was coming. Well, and it's the thing that's been, been missing from yeah. that app store was this ability to make to generate ongoing revenue from your customers by selling them more stuff. Yeah. I mean, right now you look at what Angry Birds is doing where they basically have to release a new app. You want more levels? You buy Angry Birds, you know, Vegas version. You buy the gold version. You buy the space version instead of what you really want, which is one Angry Birds app and different level packs. Yeah, right. And so they've now opened that door up. But I, I think the far cooler thing here is this idea of wallet. And this is the thing. Oh, that the wallet, yeah. Everybody's questioning, can we make a go of an electronic wallet? Yeah. I mean, uh, wow. Uh, it's been, we've wanted this for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. But I guess the question is, who do you want owning it? Because that's the battle going on. Your carrier wants to be the wallet, right? Yeah. They want to be your bank. And I don't think anybody wants their carrier to be their bank. No, I don't particularly care for my carrier. I do. They don't give me warm fuzzies. No, does anybody care for their carrier? I mean, no, I don't even think my bank gives me warm fuzzies. But the next question you got to ask is, are you comfortable with Microsoft being your bank? I'd be more comfortable with PayPal being my bank just huh. because they're under a little more scrutiny. Yeah, I guess that's part of it. I mean, the, 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 I think that PayPal's done a pretty good job of serving the customer, but the vendors are getting screwed by PayPal. Mm. You know, they, it, you, it doesn't take you very much Googling to find a lot of stories of folks we know that have had bad experience with PayPal, where PayPal will abruptly shut off accounts so that, and you can't get at your money and, and there's sort of almost no recourse, like they're very difficult situations. They do not treat their vendors very well. And, and this is part of the challenge of this whole thing. I've done a lot of work on payment processing, credit card style processing and so forth in, you know, often real life. And the battle against fraud, the battle to, to you know, stay up, to handle velocities, that, that whole, it's a huge, mm. huge problem. Yeah. And I don't know that even Microsoft has a real handle on the nature of that business. Well, we're getting into it. Whatever it is, they're doing it. So, I mean, and, and especially with the combination of that and near field, which we haven't really talked about, but... Mm. It's very compelling to just want to wave your phone at the grocery store or whatever, and then boom, you're you're done. And, right. Uh, but you know, to tell you the truth, to me, this is a uh, a solution in search of a problem. I mean, it's really no problem for me to swipe my card and type my PIN wherever I buy stuff. Right. 
I I like that. Yeah, the same way that you like uh, putting a key in a door. Yeah, because I have a card. Mm-hmm. It's a physical thing. Yep. When, when I have a phone, if it gets rebooted, do I still have all that stuff in yeah. there? If I, it crashes, uh, I have you know, never, my card doesn't crash. Yeah, I've never cracked the display <laughs> on my credit card, <laughs> not even right. once. It's an elegant solution to that problem. So yeah. I'm not so sure it's uh, that big a deal. Yeah, I cannot live with the idea that I drop my phone and I can't get coffee anymore. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Hey, there's this great idea called a card. Yeah. Pull a piece of plastic with a magnetic stripe on it. (gasps) Whoa. Don't worry. Next, I'll show you bits of paper you can use instead of the card. (laughs) That's right. Bits of paper. Truly random access, a book is, if you think (laughs) about it. Well, And money, too. Yeah. You can jump to any word at any time. Yeah. No problem. So anyway, I, I I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm still waiting for the the big, you know, you need this because. Yeah. I'm still waiting for that. I like Nearfield. I love Nearfield. I'm just not so sure I need it to do a monetary transaction. And I think that folks are, uh, that's the big battle is everyone knows whoever whoever gets successful with the wallet feature is going to make a lot of money. Right. You know, a few pennies at a time, but yep. every transaction they're going to slice from. Yeah. And that's literally been impairing the progress of this yeah. because they're all jockeying for position. Nobody's going to support anybody else. Uh, mm-hmm. And I hope that Microsoft is... You know, the right thing to do here is to not is to not bother trying to make money off the NFC transaction themselves mm-hmm. to facilitate everyone else doing it so that we can plug in our credit card information. You know, whatever purchasing pr- strategy you want to make, mm. you can use it in their wallet. Yeah. They're just happy you have their phone. Removable SD cards. Yeah, that was a debacle in the early Phone 7. I, did you ever run into this yourself with the Samsung? I never had an SD card. Well, you know, I, I'm trying to think of the devices that I had. Yeah, it wasn't a phone, though. It no, was a, because it's it was norm- a PDA. The, yeah, normal SD cards are fine. But in the Samsung Focus, which you know, before the Nokias came along, was the most popular Win Phone yeah, 7. Yeah, I had one. You basically couldn't use the SD. Mm-hmm. You had to put it in when you first, uh, before you set up the phone, and you then it was in, you couldn't take it out. Yeah. And it's, so it's, you know, it's like an SD card, except not at all like an SD yeah, card, right? Not it's at just, all. What it is, is very slow memory added to your phone. Yeah. Oh boy. What yeah, a great, great feature. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you could add even slower memory. Right. You know, I, what I want is more memory that's really slow. <laughs> I'm excited about that. So, I mean, it's frustrating to me that they, that, that was really kind of a disaster. But, yeah. you know, I think that what that really came from was the fact that they, we're taking existing Android phones and making them into phone sevens. And so they didn't eliminate the SD card because it wasn't proper support for it in yeah. phone seven. Yeah. And now in phone eight, they've just finally done what they should have done in the first place, which is implement the darn feature, make it work. And the SD cards are just that. I mean, they're, they're standard SD cards yeah. that we can use. What, I mean, what do you want it for? You want to be able to take the SD card out of your camera, put it in it something in, else, and yeah. stick it in your phone, thumb through the pictures, send something up to Facebook. Or, I, sort of or I've taken a few pictures with my phone. I'll just take it out and give it to you. And right. There you go. We don't have to bother with the near field thing exactly. or, the, or the email thing or anything like that. So here's the card, right? If, right. I, if I if you've got a hundred photos to move, it's hard to argue with the velocity of a physical SD card Absolutely. from one device to another. You got it. Should we talk about the development models in in uh, Win Eight? Yeah, that we're absolutely. learning from this. Absolutely. Um, this is uh, something that people speculated would we would only have C plus plus and DirectX and of course HTML five, right. but. But that turns out not to be the case. We can do native development in C++. We can do managed development, mixed mode, and HTML app development. Although, 
And, you know, the whole argument here was that phone eight is aligning with windows eight. Yeah. But they have not done all the same things. There no. is no win JS. Right. So that development model that exists in win eight doesn't exist in win phone eight. Hmm. But you can't do quote unquote, I love it. I'm saying this traditional HTML5 yeah. development. <laughs> right? It's not the first time we've said, you may have coined that phrase right here on the show. <laughs> One of them. <laughs> yes. But, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, no. regular HTML5 development is pretty solid. But I guess the big one here is what you did not have in phone seven was native development in C++ and now it's available in phone eight. Yeah. Uh, for better or worse, it's just, it, it, you know, I think the, what they're really trying for is if we're really going to map this to Windows 8, then it should be C++ with XAML. Mm. And looking at these specs, it's not supported. There's a few other things that aren't supported, like uh, in the DirectX realm, you have identical APIs, but a subset of functionality. There's only support uh, for feature level 9 underscore 3 and only supports shader model 2.0. Uh, X-Audio 2, there's a subset because there's no support for media foundation decompression. Hmm. In the, the, the media engine in the comm world, uh, it supports decoding uh, video. There's a frame provider and supports background audio, but that's it. Mm -hmm. In uh, networking, the subset, it only supports TCP sockets, UDP sockets, P2P for app-to-app, -app, and uh, HTML, HTTP request. Uh, in the data saver connection manager, only minor omissions. This is all, again, from the green chart here. The sensors don't support simple orientation or the inclinometer. Inclinometer. Yeah. Isn't that... So that measures an incline. It measures how you're holding your phone. So how right. does it know when you turn your phone sideways to flip the screen? How is that different from a gyroscope? Uh, I think the inclinometer doesn't have as many angles. It's a simpler, a simpler technique. The gyroscope is completely 3D. It's any direction. And, mm. and the inclinometer is really is the screen sideways. Is it upright? You know, okay. that sort of thing. Uh, in storage, there's no roaming settings or temp folder. Uh, in location, there's no civic address support. So it's a civic address. Is that a, in like, terms of, in a, in a, as opposed to long and lat? You actually have a real yeah, address. Your mailing address. Your mailing address. Yeah. Uh, in the in Bluetooth, there's support for app to app. I'm sorry. In Bluetooth, there's this thing called app to device support. Uh, in the proximity, there's um, peer discovery via Wi-Fi direct is not supported, but there's a new peer peer discovery via Bluetooth. Uh, API. So that's interesting. Yeah. And that's something I've never got to work well with other devices. Like we're talking, we already slammed Bluetooth, but let's go back and attack it again. Mm. But <laughs> you've, have you ever tried to do that? Like transferring contacts or any of those sorts of things, Bluetooth to Bluetooth? It's, uh, a, it's just painful. It's painful. Painful, painful, painful. Yeah. So I wish it was just there. I just wonder if they could make it good. So in terms of touch, there's raw touch only, no gesture support. So it can't tell that you've made a circle, but it can track your movement. Right. So you'll have to do that. But there is a new API, XAML DX uh, Interop. So DirectX XAML Interop API. Don't know any more about that. Um, uh, as far as online identity, there's ad control support uh, only. Um, the launchers and choosers, there's a subset. You have sharing contract, no third-party application targets. File open picker only supports photo picker. So you can only pick photo files, I suppose. Right. 
Uh, but there is a new API for resuming after tombstoning, which is kind of nice. The uh, tombstoning features are are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And but that's a that's a feature of WinRT. And the only other thing uh, here is uh, Xbox Live support. There's no inbox API, but there will be a, a redistribution given to partners, so you will get that. And there's some gamer services, some new gamer services as well. You know, there's one little thing that we have not mentioned. What's that? Which is for line of business applications, there's some special uh, security stuff here, especially NTLM authentication. So, so that means you're able to get to a file share in a in a Windows network with yeah. your phone. Yep. That's that's compelling. Right? Yep. That's, that's a big deal. It doesn't necessarily mean domain level authentication. But it does mean I can pass a username and password to a file server and be able to get at that file server. Other features, always on secure boot and 128-bit BitLocker, mm-hmm. drive encryption of the phone's internal storage. So your your uh, IT people are going to love it. Yeah, that means it, I actually am getting back some of the capabilities I had in Windows Mobile 6.5. Right. Right, which right. was, uh, yeah, I want that phone to always be encrypted and and uh, be able to to uh, wipe it, those kinds of things. We have control over it again. Yeah. So there's, uh, you know, we uh, we didn't talk about storage that much either. There's two new data storage APIs. There's File I/O via a WinPRT, which is the phone runtime WinPRT API, enabling read-only access to the user data in the SD card slot. So read-only access to the data in the card. There's native Win32 storage APIs, which largely resemble the data APIs mm-hmm. as well. So um, app-to-app communication. In the beginning of the show, I talked about speech and mm-hmm. deep linking. So that would be using an app-to-app communication API. Uh, you can use an API to launch other applications and associate your app as the default handler for certain file types. Uh, The launch of other apps can be parameterized using a custom URI scheme that the target app defines. For example, a link to Skype colon slash slash 555-1212 question mark call would launch Skype and then call the number 555-1212. Nice. And if multiple apps are registered as handlers for a particular file type or URI scheme, the phone prompts the user to select their preferred default behavior. That's a really cool thing. That's mm-hmm. just an easy way to program an app. Yeah. Well, and, and program to, guy, programmatically access an app. Yeah, it, to get to this whole idea of just the app is a launch platform for all these other services, right? I want to be yeah. able to get to those things via a common command path. So tell me what Nokia did with Maps and GPS for Windows Phone. Uh, when Nokia released their versions of phone, which we all know came later, they have their own map software, uh, so not dependent on Google Maps or the, any of the other. They have their own solution. They bought their own solution completely. So their maps are quite good. But the better product, I mean, Nokia Maps is fine. It's a good product. Mm-hmm. Nokia Drive is a stunningly good product. So this is the sort of Garmin GPS experience yeah. that you're, we all have. Your TomTom kind of, what you normally would get from a dedicated device, they've mm-hmm. actually done a really good job on. Sort of the, the point of view of the driver. Yeah, that bird's eye view. You yeah. can see the road ahead. You can anticipate where the turn is, that whole thing. They've got that running. And only on Nokia phones at first, although I read here somewhere, I'll have to find the article reference again, that uh, in Phone 8, Nokia, they're making that available to any Phone 8. So it doesn't matter which Phone 8 you buy, you're going to be able to get those Nokia uh, apps. 
Yeah. And that's a, that's good news because it's a very compelling app. Nokia Drive will be made available to all Windows Phone 8 OEMs later this year. There you and go. And will no longer be exclusive to, win, uh, to Nokia Windows Phones. I'll add the, uh, I'll add a link to that on mm-hmm. the show notes. And, uh, there's also some cartographic modes for the maps. Um, you have road view, aerial view, hybrid view, and terrain view. Just a different, you know, terrain gives you the relief images, elevation, water features. Hybrid is an aerial view of the map overlaid with roads and labels, and of course, then aerial and road. Uh, and also color modes. You can display a map in a light color mode or a dark color mode. Just, you know, I don't know why you liked it. It's just you like different contrasts. You have a choice. You have yeah. a choice. You yeah, didn't yeah. have a choice before. Yep. A few key points about your actual development environment. Only runs on the 64-bit version of Windows and only directly on the hardware. You can't run a VM of Windows 8 to run the development environment, probably because the emulator they're using depends on virtualization and you can't mm. you know, do virtualization with virtualization. That becomes an inception point and then you wake up in a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Not that that's ever happened to me or anything, but you know, I keep spinning my top. Where am I? Where am I? I'm developing Windows apps. Ah! Oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, 64-bit version of Windows. Uh, it's uh, Studio 2012. It's all the newest stuff to be able to do Phone 8 development. There's also a media library API. For the first time, the phone's media library is open to marketplace developers who can use a new API to add and delete media, including music, pictures, and audio. So there's, there's something. Also, some XAML upgrades. Uh, the XAML platform offers controls to make common user interactions very easy to implement. And WinPhone 8 Developer Preview brings some of these welcome new features. Toolkit-only controls such as Long List Selector and SDK-only controls such as Panorama and Pivot are being moved in ROM for better performance, appearance, and upgradability. And this gets me back to the whole, what's the next version of WinRT for Windows going to look like mm-hmm. if they're moving that stuff into ROM? Is, you know, are, are some XAML things being moved into, in, into the hardware? That's kind of interesting. Well, you got to hope. Yeah. Right. This is, that's just going to make stuff faster and it, it means that every phone should have it. Pretty awesome. Well, you know, again, don't, this isn't gospel. We're just telling you what we're reading here. Right. Um, Microsoft, of course, hasn't commented on this. So nope. it is a leak. It's an illegal leak. It does seem to be the real SDK apparently came from actual servers, but nobody knows absolutely for sure. Right. And nobody knows when this is actually supposed to be released. It may not be released until later in the fall. I mean, it could be several months away still. Yeah. So who knows if things are going to change. Who but knows? I think the, you know, the essential part here is not bad to be a C-sharp developer. No. Nope. Right? Like once again, we're feeling like the one thing for sure that's the same if you're coming from Windows 8 to Windows Phone 8 is that C-sharp XAML is going to work. Yeah. C++ is different uh, in Phone 8 versus Windows 8. You and also mean C-sharp slash VB because, you know, VB is fully supported as well. Of course. So .NET XAML yeah. is a, the one development path that seems to be totally clean. WinJS, no evidence of that in Phone 8, which means if you're working in that stack on Windows 8, you're going to be doing things differently in Phone 8. You'd stop the, you, your skills aren't useful. You could still build an HTML5 app the, quote, traditional way. Uh, one would say that the Phone 8 approach to C++ with DirectX is a more traditional C++ development approach. Yeah. Then what they're doing in phone in in Windows 8 with C++ and XAML, which is fairly unique and I think powerful, but still takes more skills. Uh, but that is, mm. you still get back to this idea. And you said this right off the top, Carl, which is, 
You don't build apps for tablets and phone the same way anyway. No, you don't. They do different things for different purposes. That's right. So we shouldn't expect our Windows Phone uh, 8 apps to run on Windows 8 without any kind of modification or rethought. That's just... Well, we all know the experience of running iPhone apps on an iPad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they run. They're just in the middle of the screen and tiny. Yeah, useless. Unless you want to scale them up, and that just doesn't really work, does it? No, that's not good either. So you're better off, actually. This effort that we're going to have to go to to work between these platforms, in some ways, is good for us. Mm -hmm. And the core code is, of course, going to work. Right. It's just the variations in the UI and a few different rules. But uh, Phone 8's taking game developers seriously with a low-level programming approach. So if you really want to build a game, you can. Yeah. And still supporting managed development the way we're familiar with. Right. Well, it's uh, it's great. Great to see this stuff happening, even though, uh, you know, we didn't get the official word. Nope. It's just going to make the future all much more fun. Well, and, and, you know, we're in an interesting time right now. An awful lot has been announced. Mm-hmm. Not a lot has been shipped. Right. In the next few months, all these things are going to be finalized. So this is more getting ready, thinking about what's going to happen next. If I'm a Phone 7 developer, uh, I know my skills are portable, but my code is not. Mm. It's just going to have to be, you're going to go through this strange recompile. The debate you're going to have to make for yourself is, do I keep building for Phone 7 and allowing that recompile to run on Phone 8? Mm. I'm also very interested to see, is that really going to work? Mm. Are they really going to be able to take 100,000 apps I don't know, and man. compile them automatically and have them run in Phone 8 and everything works? They seem, you know, who knows? Awesome exercise, though. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna. If it works, it's amazing. And if it doesn't work, it's going to be a mess. Compiling isn't going to be the issue. It's testing. Yeah. How, how are those going to be tested? All those apps need to be tested. So would, would I get an email that says, your Windows Phone 8 ready application is ready for you to test? I suspect you may be correct, You sir. tell us what we need to change <laughs> before it goes in. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be challenging. Yeah, I'm very. excited. I think it's really interesting. And uh, my, my wife's now said she doesn't want to replace her phone 7. She wants to wait for phone 8. So, yeah. Not just me. Nope. And I'm looking forward to a new phone, too. Even though I love mine, uh, there's plenty of people I know that would love to have it. Yep. All right, my friend. Good to be here. Good to have you here. Yeah. And, uh, and happy birthday again. Thank you. And we'll see you next time on The Tablet Show. It's not too much, but it needs a lot. Just try.